BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with Cheap Caribbean Vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Welcome to Woke AF with me, Danielle Moody. This week, America breathed a heavy sigh of relief as three consecutive guilty verdicts came down in the murder trial of Derek Chauvin. We shouldn't have to feel surprised. We shouldn't have to feel relieved. But the reality is that cops murdering black people in broad daylight and getting away with it is the norm in American policing. This week on Woke AF Daily, I was joined by my friend, Philip Atiba Goff, CEO of the Center for Policing Equity. We talked for half an hour about what can be done to radically transform policing, including his thoughts on calls to defund the police, which you will hear coming up in a few minutes. If the 10 minutes I share with you today inform and inspire you, do consider supporting Woke AF Daily on Patreon to hear the full interview and so much more. You can become a patron right now at patreon.com slash wokeaf. But for now, let's pick up on me asking Philip to share his thoughts on ending qualified immunity for police officers. Where are we with qualified immunity? Right? Where where are we with being able to at least get to some type of level playing ground where you don't have this get out of jail free card? Yeah. So on qualified immunity, there are are states that are making changes. They're saying they're abolishing it. That's not quite right. What they're doing is they're changing the the, the standard for it, um, which should be useful on state cases and can be useful on local cases. But we're we're not close from any of the states as examples. The Justice for um, Justice and Policing George Floyd Act um, would end in its current uh, iteration would end qualified immunity. And I think that has a shot of making it through the Senate. So in that case, we would be, in fact, repealing the, the precedent and saying, no, you cannot use it this way. But qualified immunity might, might make a difference in about a quarter of the cases that come forward where there's charging. So even those things that are, that are sort of easy villains in this fight, mm-hmm. the real villain here is the way we use police. So mm-hmm. if in most, most cities, 96% of what police do has nothing to do with violence. 
Do you think we could figure out a way to spend less and get less armed response for that? 96% of behavior. So I'd be happy to leave qualified immunity in place if police had 96% less contact with folks, right? Like, like if, if, if all I'm trying to do is reduce the number of bodies going to the morgue as a result of contact with the state, that seems like the bigger lever to pull is to pull police out of the places where, by the way, for the last quarter century, they've been saying, we can't do this. You give us too much. We can't do mental health and substance abuse and homelessness and child welfare. Why do you give all that to us? Right. So they want to get out of the business. They just want to do it without losing their budgets. Right. So I'm happy to partner right. with law enforcement to get them out of the places they always wanted to get, get out of. And in many cities, by the way, we should be standing up those systems before we're disinvesting. So we can we can invest before we divest in some places. But it's got to be push pull because we have fed this beast so much that if they were the military, U.S. law enforcement would be the third largest military in the world after our military and then China's military. That's too much. Which is obscene when you look at the lack of money we put into, let's say, education, right? Like you judge a country by where they put the most of their resources. And like you said at the beginning, America is addicted right? To locking people up. And it's no wonder to me. I mean, we would rather in America send children to school with bulletproof backpacks, arm teachers, than do something substantive on gun reform. We'd rather, you know, have a Dante write a week or a day than admit to the fact that our policing system is absolutely atrocious and if it didn't have a badge would be considered the KKK in terms of the number of black people that they murder on a regular basis. I just, you know, what expectations do you have of this current administration to be able to move the ball forward with this systemic problem that we have? It will really depend to me on who they get through Senate confirmation. The Senate confirmed nominees right now are a fantastic slate of folks that are way bolder in terms of their vision for what can be done uh, than this president campaigned on. So we get Kristen Clark and we get Vanita Gupta and we get Ann Milgram as head of DEA. That's good for the set of things I care about. Benita Gupta was the best thing that had happened to the civil rights division in at least a generation. And for her to come up and then have Kristen Clark take that over as Senate confirmed, I mean, it's not just history setting. It sets a table for removal of qualified immunity, for really ramping up what investigations look like as civil rights, for expanding how civil rights investigations of law enforcement actually go into the full municipality. Right. Because before the Ferguson report, no one was talking about how cities generate revenue. So how much more can yep. this group of folks who are really credentialed and have, have some experience, how much more could they do? And also, I want us to be thinking about what are we going to make them do? Because mm -hmm. under Obama, what we did was we said there's a black dude there. Right. Plays basketball. We like his March Madness. His wife is, is wonderful. His kids are, are, are wonderful. Let's not embarrass him. Let's not put them in bad spots. And so we didn't push. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that that's what I thought. I'm not saying that's what everybody thought. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Push. But that, I mean, but that's right. But that's right. There's no reason not to push Uncle Joe. There's mm -hmm. just not. 
Um, and so I want to say, what are we going to insist on? And I hope we insist on the recognition nationwide that we have a system that punishes people for the choices they make in a context where we have given them only terrible options. Mm-hmm. So we should be giving them better options before we even talk about how we want to ratchet up punishment. Last question for you, Philip, is this. Do you feel like we need to change our messaging around defund the police, around abolish the police? Do you think that the messaging is off or do you think that it's right where it needs to be? So this conversation around messaging, I actually think is super duper important because it, there's a lot of assumptions that have gone into it when we've had it in public. So f- members of, of what I'll call a democratic establishment have said, well, we can't be making this defund demand. That's ridiculous. It's killing us electorally. Be like, you were not the ones making it. It wasn't for you. <laughs> it was activating folks who were outraged and felt like, what on earth can I do? Like you and I were saying and feeling at the very beginning of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And those folks are like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not up for reform. I'm up for just getting rid of this because it's yep. literally killing us. Yep. So if folks want to have different messaging, feel free to develop some. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. It's like, so we, all of us, we're not messaging the same thing. So I mm-hmm. hear abolitionists talking about, I want to talk about refund, not defund, refund to the community. I hear abolitionists saying that, Ooh. right? That feels good to me. But you know what? Defund is still working in places. And I also, and, and I know you said last question. I'm going to try not to be too professional <laughs> on the way out. But come on now. But my, my deal is we think of abolition right now like it's some brand it's something brand new. OK. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and then some mm-hmm. folks are like, oh, Miriam Cobb has been around for a little while. Yes, she has. And she's been doing it. And then some people are like, well, Angela Davis has been around for a little while. OK, OK, OK. But Angela Davis, when she is summarizing a great portion of her life's work in 2005, writes a book called Abolition Democracy. She mm-hmm. is quoting from W.E.B. Du Bois writing in 1935 about black reconstruction. This thing goes back to the point of emancipation mm. when we have black geniuses talking about not just the destruction of the systems that kill us, but the proactive, affirmative construction of systems that will keep us safe and that will rid the body politic of the toxins of historical legacies of racism. Abolition is not just about getting rid of something. It's about standing up something that's better than what we've had. And when we have a more historically literate appreciation for what that word means, I think it stops being so scary and starts being a bit inevitable. You know, you're you're so right on so many things. What makes me discouraged, though, is that we're a nation that is illiterate about our own history, about our own lives, about the lives of our neighbors. We are purposefully ignorant. And so for every issue that we have, there is a re-education that needs to happen because the way that we have been educated is through the lie. I keep saying that the big lie wasn't just about election fraud. The big lie has been what we've been teaching in public schools since the beginning of time, right? And so it's just like, you know, you make sense. If you were to take things into historical context and actually understand the context of the words that we are using, but my fear for America is that we continually show our ass and are celebratory around just how ignorant we are. And so if that be the case, Philip, it's like, do we ever see the needle move? 
right? If we're in a constant state of having to go back and re-educate folks and bring them up to where they should be, are we ever moving forward if I got to keep looking back? Yeah, I understand the frustration. And so let's say there's two options. There's a yes and there's a no. If the answer is no, then what are we doing? Mm. Just give up. Right. Sell I, I, should, I should become um, uh, a black person who says that black people just need to pull their pants up and that will get all, all the, the shooting stuff because there's money in that for sure. A hundred percent. You could be rich on Fox News. Go ahead. <laughs> if you didn't care about a conscience or. <laughs> yeah, like if I didn't have a soul, I could just do that. Um, and so <laughs> I answer yes, both because I see change happening and I watch the genius of communities coming together and saying we will demand better. We will insist on more. And because that is the only option that makes living the way that I'm trying to live make sense. Living with any kind of hope, looking at babies and saying, not just I'm sorry for what we're giving you, but I think you can make this place better. Literally looking at my God kids and saying that, that it's required for me to believe it can be and to work so that that's true. Yeah, now, I believe that optimism in the face of reality is a revolutionary act. And I try and be a little mm. bit of a revolutionary every day. Right. Um, so I'm not trying to sugarcoat stuff. But if we're talking about is it possible? Slavery wasn't ended till it was right. Voting rights weren't secured till they were. Now they're not. We're going to do it again. Right. All the things that weren't possible. You think about it. The moon was just something up in the sky for a long time throughout all of human history. And then a a small group of folks got a bunch of resources and the will of the people to say, let's go. And now that's a thing that probably in the next 20 years, you can buy a ticket to. You can Mm. buy a ticket to the moon. This thing that doesn't have oxygen, doesn't exist within our Earth. The things that humanity can do when we decide it is required are amazing. We dream about technology and we dream about power, but when do we dream about a better society? What does democracy look like 20, 30, 40, 100, 500 years from now? How have we set ourselves up to be better? When we start dreaming about freedom, not just for ourselves, but as the the root construct of what we're gonna gift to the next generation, I imagine that we can take ourselves to the moon, to Mars, to to solar systems we can't even see with the, with the naked eye in terms of how we keep ourselves safe. I know that's possible because humanity does the impossible all the goddamn time. It's just we've done it for the wrong reasons and for the wrong set of people. Optimism in the face of reality is a revolutionary act. Every week on Woke AF Daily, I strive to leave my listeners with a message of hope and positivity so that we aren't defeated by the fight in front of us. I hope you can let Philip's words carry you forward as the mere act of remaining optimistic in the face of our grim, oppressive reality is itself a sign of strength. But I also wanted to leave you this week with my own thoughts on the Chauvin verdict and what this case says about the state of policing in America. Do we need to defund? Do we need to abolish? Keep listening, friends, and hear my two cents. I thought to myself yesterday, as I know many people have, which is about Darnella Frazier. If not for Darnella Frazier's video, 
the 17-year-old, now 18-year-old young woman who recorded George Floyd's death, murder, and uploaded it to social media. If it had not been for her, her bravery, her courage, her quick thinking, recognizing that there wasn't much that she could do, but she sure as hell could record it. Listening to her break down on the stand about the apologies that she sends up in prayer to George Floyd that she didn't do enough. Yesterday, she did the most. Because for the first time in the history of that city, the history of that state, a white police officer was held accountable for murdering a black person in cold blood. Darnella Frazier's action did that. But what's worse, folks, is that it shouldn't have had to. In too many instances, it doesn't matter whether or not we have cameras and have recorded. Because accountability is always elusive when it comes to black lives. Too many times we've been told that the homicides that we've seen or read about have been justifiable because they are at the hands of police officers. But what we know to be true and what we need to remind ourselves of is that Derek Chauvin is not a bad apple. Derek Chauvin is the product of a poisoned orchard that spans the entirety of the United States. To dismiss the systemic violence that is prevalent in police departments across this country is to ignore the true problem in pursuit of a quick fix. Which is to make Derek Chauvin an anomaly as opposed to a shift, a necessary shift in policing. Now, I am of the mindset that policing in this country is too far broken for it to be, quote unquote, reformed. I believe that it needs to be abolished. I believe that police need to be defunded the way that we have been defunding public education, our healthcare system, and social services across this country for decades. Which is why police have become the catch-all for things that society refuses to deal with, that they have fucking caused. What I continue to say is that This country 
everything that we are seeing unfold is purposeful. We're the 11th wealthiest nation in the world. We are also the leaders in incarceration, police killings, death by gun, and every other thing fucking wrong. Where are we exceptional? I guess for in our love of guns, in our love of violence, in our love of trauma. Folks, I hope that you can find some solace in the outcome of this case. But do remember that it took an international uprising, activists in the streets, the courage and dedication of the Floyd family, the bravery of a 17-year-old black girl named Darnella Frazier, the bravery of the witnesses that took the stand to tell the truth about what they saw and who they were, not an angry mob as the defense would have had us believe, but a group of concerned citizens watching the life being squeezed out of one of their own. Take a deep sigh of relief that we as a collective can create the change that is necessary, but the amount of work that lies ahead of us to rid ourselves of the poisonous way policing exists in this country will take all of us. The most important thing I can say, and it's something I tell my listeners on almost a daily basis, is to take care of yourself. You don't have to watch every video or follow every hashtag. We know what's going on in this country, and we know it's going to take a lot of work to change things for the better. Do not give up. But that includes not giving up on yourself. As I always say, make sure you take breaks so that you don't have a breakdown. I hope this message carries you through until the next time you hear me. And as always, I do hope to see you over on Patreon at patreon.com slash wokeaf. I'm working on even more ways to stay connected with the Woke AF family, and I would love, love, love for you to join us on that journey. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com.
That's CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.